You're listening to the Common Cozy Podcast, practical advice for insomniacs and bedtime thinkers. This is episode 15. I'm Beth Wyatt, your insomnia and stress management coach. I'm also an artist, avid crocheter, expert napper, and chronically forgetting to water your plants while you're away. In this episode, I kick off one of many future episodes called Interview with an Insomniac. My guest has experienced the dangerous and debilitating side effects of sleeping pills firsthand, and I'm grateful for the chance to share her story with you today. Tina Kufaro is a women's mental health nutritionist. Her own experiences with anxiety, depression, and insomnia have led her into the world of nutrition and wellness. And as an advocate for mental health, Tina is the perfect person to have on this podcast because this is not just her past, this is her life's work. So Tina, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, Beth. I'm really looking forward to chatting with you today. If you could just tell us a little bit about your own story, I'd love to hear about the journey that brought you into the topic of mental health from a holistic perspective. My story, I mean, in reality, it's a very long one. Um, (laughs) But I'll just kind of give a bird's eye view of some of the earlier days. And then my most recent insomnia story was really what uh, was the tipping point for me. So I was first diagnosed with depression, um, in fact, in my early 20s. I was in university at the time and I, I had all the things going on. I was um, keeping up with my studies at school, commuting into the city. I had two part-time jobs. I was training. I was always kind of like a type A or A type personality. I always wanted things to be a certain way. And then uh, suddenly it was like I hit this brick wall. I lost all my motivation. I stopped sleeping. I lost my appetite. Uh, you couldn't get, get me out of my robe and slippers. <laughs> you tried. <laughs> I was just, yeah, it was awful. Um, I was a bit of a zombie. I didn't go to classes anymore. I would call in sick to work. It was, it was like night and day, like you wouldn't have recognized me. So I went to the doctors while my mother brought me to the doctors. And that was when I was, um, uh, first diagnosed and I was given my first um, antidepressant Zoloft actually at the time which is um, an SSRI a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor um, but it's worth me- um, mentioning that this particular doctor she did ask me what was going on in my life and I told her what she did respond uh, with was what you have is what I would refer to as situational depression without even having to explain what she meant exactly that I knew I, I knew intuitively so she said but even though I feel that you have this I'm going to write you a prescription anyway hmm but like ding 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 right, right. I mean I, at the time uh, yeah it's, I mean so anyway I did start to take it I did not stay on it for very long at all in fact it was like only a week and she had suggested that I alter my lifestyle which I did and I started to feel better almost immediately so um, fast forward, though, um, into my 30s, my mid to late 30s, um, that was when I actually started experiencing some really, really severe depression. And again, once again, at that point in my life, I had some pretty severe stress, work, personal, I had divorced, I had moved um, out of the city. So I was on my own. Um, it was a very, it was a very, very difficult time for me. I was lucky if I was sleeping maybe four hours a night. If, if that, I was really a, I was a zombie. Mm-hmm. I'm 
not quite sure how I made it through each day, um, which in fact I didn't. Um, I went to my doctor a few times and I tried a few different sleeping meds because I was just so desperate. Um, they made me leaving, uh, they made me, um, feeling pretty funky. Uh, and then I finally settled on one that, uh, did knock me out because that's all I wanted. I just wanted to be able to go to bed, close my eyes at, you know, whatever, 10 o'clock and wake up, you know, at six o'clock the next day without struggling. Um, and that's what it did, but I was still feeling pretty funky. I still wasn't feeling like myself. I did, I went to specialists, I went to sleep clinics, I did, I did everything that you could possibly think of, and no one had any answers for me. No one could tell me what, like, no one could tell me what the root cause was um, of my insomnia. Right. So there, so, you were getting treatments for the sleep issue, but was there any, mm-hmm. I mean, you were obviously, you had all this stress, you had a lot of things going on in your life, and that wasn't, like, that wasn't a factor? Someone who's treating you wasn't asking those questions? Yeah, it was about the sleep. My my family physician was the one who w- was prescribing the medication, and yeah, like the you know lifestyle factors. You know, my history of depression. Um, right. You know, anxiety runs in my family, and none of these um, none of these issues were actually addressed. And to be perfectly honest, at that at that time, like I said, I was so desperate just to just to knock be knocked mm-hmm. out. It didn't matter how that was going to happen. But at the same time, you know, it's a band as you know, it's a band aid, right? right? It's not addressing the underlying issue. I was became very dependent on those medications, and unbeknownst to me, when I was prescribed that medication, I thought at the time that a medication is a sleep medication, and anti anxiety is an anti anxiety, and antidepressant is an antidepressant. But the med that I was actually put on was uh, is an antidepressant. So I I became de- very dependent upon this this medication. So that I couldn't sleep without it. I actually even developed even more severe anxiety ar- around the idea of sleep. As as the evening would approach, I'd start to feel anxious because I was worried that my meds wouldn't work. And eventually, they they stopped working, as they ultimately do. <laughs> so. Around that same time that, I, sh- I should really say, it was during that time that I actually started going to, to nutrition school part-time. Um, I wanted to see about changing my path in life. And I started to take this one course, and it was called Nutrition for Mental Health. And I thought, what? <laughs> what, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean nutrition? Like, food for mental health? Like, no one told me about this. Like, what, what's this all about? Right. And you you that, spelled you know, that word like, wrong. It's all the be medication, muscles. not nutrition. <laughs> right? You spelled that wrong. And, and yeah. you know, no, like, you guys got, you guys have it all wrong. Yeah. Because, yeah. And so, and I was on my meds at this time, too, right? Like, so, mm. and I felt like a fraud. Like, here I am, I'm taking this holistic nutrition course. I wanted to be certified as a registered holistic nutritionist. And I'm, like, popping these pills every night. And I felt like a fraud. So, then I'm like, okay, like this, and they, it talks, it talked about sleep. It talked about how our nutrient deficiencies and our gut health and all of these different um, aspects of our, of our life and our health impact our sleep and our mental health ultimately. And so I thought, okay, like this is what I need to do for myself. And uh, it was shortly after just taking that course as a part of the whole program that I approached my doctor. I said, listen, I've got to get off of these meds. I need to wean this off. And by that time, um, it was over five years that I was on these meds. And um, she said it was going to be tough because you have to wean yourself off very, very slowly. And that's what I did. Um, it took a, it took the better part of a year to okay. finally wean myself off of them. 
And I did so with a combination of a change in lifestyle factors, mindfulness practices, supplementation, dietary changes, exercise, that sort of thing. So it was a long haul. It was it was tough and it was pretty isolating and scary at times mm. because um, I really didn't know if it would work, right? right? Like no one had talked to me about this before and uh but it it did and to this day um i'm so much better for it and that's really what led me to be a women's mental health nutritionist because i've come to realize also in my research that women have um, very unique needs that uh, men don't have and there really needs to be a lot more caring consideration when you're approaching women's mental health and their sleep issues so that was that's kind of where it all began for me I found it interesting that you said that you felt like a fraud going into a nutrition course when you were having your own issues. But I find that that most of the people who are in the wellness industry are in it because they had their own issues and changing their diet or changing their lifestyle made this huge transformation. And now they want to get into it to help other people. That's what makes it such a passionate industry. I think it's just such a natural transition that you did that. And it just shows that you care about people. Now, now you want to help everyone else. So, Right. No, and you do make a valid point because many people, you're right, their journey did begin with their own health um, right. challenges. Uh, I didn't know that at the time. That's for sure. <laughs> now looking back, now I get it. Because now when, you, when, you, when you're in that space, you realize, oh, wow, like I wasn't the only one. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm not the loner here. Everyone else had you know, started somewhere. And, and you're right our own big transformation that made us passionate about it and want to help other people. So I can certainly relate to that. Hear more about your journey with insomnia. Can you tell us more about the kind of help that you received? What worked? What didn't? Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I'm going to tell you a funny story, okay. if I may. Please, please <laughs> do. Um, I mean, it's it's funny, but not funny. But <laughs> anyway, so it was actually... So the very first evening that I got the medication that I was ultimately on for almost six years, Mm. um, I was downstairs in my kitchen and, you know, I read the label and my doctor had, you know, on the label, it said, you know, take, you know, two to three tablets um, as needed. And so I'm like, so I'm like, well, I'll take the three. So that's two to three. um, I want to make sure I'm going to make sure I'm going to sleep tonight. I'm going to dry water. That's it. That's what I got these babies for. (laughs) So... So I remember, like, I was, you know, so I took them, I had my water, and it was, I don't know, it was around 8 o'clock, 8.30, because they said, it, you know, it was, I was supposed to take them half an hour, 45 minutes before bed. <laughs> so I'm cleaning up in my kitchen, and so help me, Baz, it was like someone knocked me over the head. Oh, wow. It was, oh, my God, I, I suddenly had to hold on to the counter, because I had to hold myself steady. So like, mm. while it's not like, well, it's not funny because I was home by myself. Oh. So like I said, I was downstairs in the kitchen and, you know, there was a sofa like not 10 feet away from me that I could have very mm. easily walked over to or crawled over to if I had to and just dropped myself there for the evening. But for whatever reason, I crawled myself all the way up to my second floor bedroom mm. and I don't know how I made it. I don't have any recollection. But I, I know that I woke up in my bed the next morning. So it was lesson learned. I'm like, okay, I had three pills. It's just way, way too much for myself. Ultimately, what I needed only was half a pill. So even the, even the prescribed dosage was like way more than what I actually mm-hmm. needed. And I figured that out for myself, playing around with the, with the dosages off, um, ultimately. So that was how that all began anyway. So did that work? 
it did what I needed it to do at the time without any other knowledge of the kind of information and the help in, in terms of holistic or alternatives that could have been available to me. Yeah. So it certainly did what I what I wanted it to do because I was so desperate. I just I just wanted to be knocked out um, mm-hmm. every night. It was really, really tough. So I I just I just continued with that for a number of years. Um, Can yeah. I ask, how does it feel to wake up in the morning after being knocked out from a sleeping pill? Do you, um, did you wake up feeling refreshed? Was it like, oh, that was a good sleep? This because I, I haven't experienced that and anyone else who's listening who wants to know. No, I mean, I wasn't ready to like spring out of bed mm. and like take on the day. And <laughs> was I, was I um, satisfied or, or I, I'll, I'll say happy. I was happy that I, I, I finally I slept. I use that loosely. Um, mm-hmm. I was so thrilled that I slept through the night, definitely. But in the morning and even throughout the day, my thinking was foggy. Uh, my memory was not so was not so great. I still mm-hmm. felt the only way I can describe it is off or funky. Mm-hmm. You know, like I still didn't feel like myself, though. Though I wasn't exhausted, I wasn't feeling that kind of exhaustion and fatigue that you get when you haven't been sleeping for days, weeks, months. Really, in fact, it was months and months. Was it a solution? Mm, it did what I wanted it to do at the time. Like it's what what I it's what I desperately I so desperately needed at the time. Was it or is it a healthy choice? Uh, my answer is no. It wasn't making me feel or be the best person that I could be because I was feeling I had all of these other side effects that were going along with it. And ultimately, the root cause wasn't being addressed either. Right. Can you elaborate on some of the side effects of being on on a medication for for sleep? Yeah. So I would be forgetful. Mm-hmm. Um, my short-term memory would be affected. Interestingly enough, I started to gain some weight when I went on this particular medication. My thinking was a bit foggy. I found that even some of my um, reaction wasn't so great. So it, I would I would dare say that I probably shouldn't have been driving the next morning. Mm. But you were. But I, oh, but I was. Yeah. I was getting up. I was going to work. I was... I, yeah, like I was still doing all the things. I was still functioning in society, I guess right. you could say. Um, and that was when I had like the large dosage, especially um, like that next that that first night. That was that was ridiculous. And when I was trying to figure out the dosage, when I got the dosage right, the side effects weren't quite as quite as bad. Okay, but they were still there. I still noticed that I wasn't feeling like myself. I still my memory wasn't great. I still had the weight, my, uh, fuzzy thinking. Like I I just couldn't concentrate very well. So that was that was a big one. So while while I was working, I mean, I was still getting tasks done. I certainly wasn't performing as well as I could have been because I just couldn't I just couldn't think very clearly. It was very disheartening because no one could give me any answers. Mm-hmm. And I felt like this was the only solution. This was my only option because the sleep clinics, the specialist internist, my family physician, and if I may say, even um, some holistic practitioners like my naturopath couldn't figure it out for me. You know, that's 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 really tough when you know, you're, you're turning to all of these experts and no right. one can help you. That's a lot of experts. Right? That's a lot of people. Right. Yeah, I didn't, st- like, I was really determined and... Um, Unfortunately, I, I was on, on, on the meds for almost six years, including the time that it took mm. me to wean myself off. Wow. Six years is a long time to struggle with that, so, to struggle with anything. But yeah. to, like sleep is supposed to supposed to be such a natural part of our lives. And then when it's not happening, it's it must have been awful. I can't yeah. even imagine. 
all the specialists that you were seeing and given all these medications and struggling for six years and and really it was yeah you were the specialist that (laughs) that helped you find the solution and this is the thing and to be perfectly honest like I'm not going to kind of go down this path but ultimately I ended up having like other health issues after Mm -hmm. being on those medications uh, or on that medication for as long as I was and I can't help but wonder a culmination of meds and the lack of sleep and you know because Mm -hmm. sleep is such a vital part of our health if my health was affected the way that it was later on into my 40s so yeah ultimately I had to um, really dig in and find some great research and do a lot of reading and rely on on, um, some great uh, teachers who would point me in the right direction. And the Dr. Detis Karazian, who wrote the book called Why Isn't My Brain Working, mm. <laughs> actually, <laughs> uh, is ultimately what kind of um, got me on some really on some really great research. I had to be my own advocate. I had mm. to be my own. Who knows me better than me, right? right. I, mean, I came to learn that the hard way, I guess, and it took a long time to figure it out. But I did come to know, understand how serotonin activity is related to poor sleep. I've been diagnosed with depression and then I've had, you know, depressive episodes in my life. So this is kind of starting to make sense now. And Mm. then I realized, oh, it affects melatonin levels and, oh, like stress and too much cortisol and too much norepinephrine, like all this other stuff actually affects my sleep and, oh, poor gut health and not enough vitamin C and amino acids. So, you know, it's, it it all, it just kind of led me down this um, incredible rabbit hole, which I'm so (laughs) thankful for going down. (laughs) You know, we forget that our, our brain isn't in isolation of the rest of the bodily systems. <laughs> like from every, to everything, you know, I talk about like it's not all in your head, right? And and it's true, like our brain health is not separate from the health of the rest of our body. Right. So you can't, you can't, yeah, you have to treat your entire body, you have to treat your body well, because ultimately you are affecting your brain health and your mind, and which is going to affect your sleep also, yes. and it's going to affect your mood. Right. Yes. Yeah. From the standpoint of someone who's listening, they can totally relate what would be maybe a first step. In order to get help, so if you you feel that trying to go it alone, like, you know, doing all that research and everything online, because um, let's face it, Dr. Google, there's a lot, I mean, yes, there's a lot of great information out there, and some of it's great, some of it's not so great. You need to find someone who will, first of all, respect what it is that you are trying to do. Um, whether that's an MD, whether that is a holistic practitioner, like a naturopath, um, someone who's in Chinese medicine, whether it's a nutritionist, uh, you want to be sure that you align yourself with someone who is representative of what, what you believe in and what you think is in your best interest. If you happen to be on medication, like like I was, for example, and your goal is to get off of that medication, and, and let me just preface this by saying I would never tell anyone just to take it upon themselves, like to to, to go to willy nilly go off of their medication, right. it can have some very severe side effects. Uh, we know we know this uh, the kind of withdrawals um, that can occur from trying to go off of meds on your own without or without being monitored um, can be very severe. Mm-hmm. So please, no one, please, no one out there do that. Um, so, but if that is something that you want to do and you want to work with a holistic practitioner, you need to make sure that your, your physician, your psychiatrist, whoever it is that puts you on meds, let's say to begin with is on board and that you're going to be monitored. And that is super, super important. I can't, I can't stress that enough. Um, I did go to my doctor to say like, listen, I really, and she, and she didn't want me to, to be on them for an extended period of time either. So she was, she was on board with that, Mm -hmm. but be sure that you're being monitored. Absolutely. Make sure that you're 
being monitored. If you're on, we're talking about the, you know, if you're on medication, that right. that particular scenario. When you find the the correct, you know, the right holistic practitioner, and I would interview people. Mm-hmm. I would get references. I would really take the time because this is your life. This is this is really important. I think we don't do that enough. Like we just go into a practitioner and take what they say and just kind of run with it more mm-hmm. often than not because mm-hmm. they're the expert. Right. And they tell us what to do and then we do it. <laughs> right. But I think we need to be discerning about who we pick. And right. you want to make sure that they that they are in alignment with what you want and, and that they are knowledgeable. And um, I don't think it hurts to also um, you know, go in with a little bit of your own your own knowledge, so you have the right questions to ask. Right. So those would be some first steps if you're seeking if you if you're looking for someone to to help you. Yeah. Mm. I just want to recap that. Definitely, doctor supervision is important, but also that can answer your questions or will listen and look into the avenues that that you want them to look into. Right. I find that's that's important for me. I like to be heard, and I like for someone to go, okay, let's look into that. Not that's that's silly. We're not even going to do that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And that happens a lot more than I think people realize mm. um, for people who are trying to wean themselves off. Like if the, these are, I mean, I, I guess I was only talking about the people who are on medication, but if, right. if you're not, or if you've gone to a doctor and your doctor wants to put you on medication and you, your gut is telling you, I'm not so sure that that's the answer, then seeking someone who can support you in that. And, and you nailed it. Like someone who's going to hear you, someone's mm. going to hear what you have to say. You know, see if you can find a physician who is going to help you in the way that you that you need. I think that's really important. Um, right. You're not stuck. Don't ever yes. feel like you're stuck. Like there are there are ways, and and be diligent and just do it. Like go after it. If you feel in your heart that that's what you what you have to do, then then do it and and find a great support system to share in that journey with you. How are you working with mm-hmm. women right now in the area of mental health? Generally, the kind of um, women who do come to me, they will, I mean, I've had women who will just come right up to me and say, I have anxiety, I need your help. Um, other women will also say the same thing. Like, I, I feel, I'm, I just don't, I feel like myself, but I, I don't know that I would necessarily say I have depression, mm-hmm. right? Because there are a lot of, there are a lot of people out there, they, they wouldn't necessarily quote unquote classify themselves as being depressed, but they certainly have very low moods. They are not very motivated. They're not sleeping well. Their appetites you know, or in the toilet, um, mm-hmm. you know, so there are, you know, there are different types of symptoms um, that can, can come along with that. Um, you know, women who have some severe PMS symptoms, as mm. an example, um, and that their mood like can drastically fluctuate, you know, a week, sometimes even up to two weeks. So like half of their month is awful because they, their mood is, is so low or they're you know, very agitated or irritated. So that's something, you know, that people, that women are often experiencing as well. The chronic worry, that monkey mind, you know, um, being real overly concerned about things and overwhelmed, you know, overwhelmed about things um, that... I'm going to say, I dare say, um, might not also need that kind of, you know, the kind of level of worry that um, you right. might be giving it. And I think we all do that. We all, you know, can overanalyze and and, and do that with um, a lot of different situations. But it's it's when it kind of feels out of control. Okay. Like a chronic you know worry. I mean? um, yeah, that's not typical. A 
chronic worry. Yeah, that's not mm-hmm. typical at all. And um, so those are the those are just some examples of what. And, and going back to the brain fog and people not thinking very very clearly, not, not able to concentrate. That you know that's also some symptoms and explanations that people okay. that women will generally give me. And also sleep, right? The sleep is mm-hmm. um, is something that women will be um, experiencing well. And if, and if they have been diagnosed by a physician, I will work with um, women who are on medication as long as I have approval with their physician and that would be in writing or um, with a phone call and there needs to be a very clear understanding and a very clear supportive working relationship there too. That's great. So mm-hmm. women who are diagnosed with something or aren't diagnosed with something but they know that something's not right. You can't just say it's any one thing. Uh, as I said with myself it took a lot of guesswork hmm. at first which is why it took so long but uh, it was obviously well well worth it because I'm a healthy happy human being right. <laughs> and that's what I just want for all the women <laughs> out there because so many yeah right I mean we just want to be happy and we want to feel good and we want to show up in the world for you know for the people we love and who and who love us and for ourselves right we just want we want to live really vital and happy peaceful lives it's so important that you shared your story because hopefully people listening are able to eliminate a lot of that guesswork now. You know, hearing someone else's story can really set off a lot of little alarms. I just want women to always remember is like to not be ashamed of the fact that you have to manage yourself in a way that's different than anyone else. Mm. And it's okay. We all have our own very unique needs to take care of ourselves in whatever way, whether it's your mental health, whether it's um, or your brain health, your your digestive health, your heart health, right? Like, what there are like something like seven point six billion people on the earth, and every single one of those people should be handling their health differently. <laughs> Period. How can people work with you? Where can people find you online? Well, uh, I'm in a few different places actually. Uh, so I do have a website. Where you can kind of get a you can get a good feel of you know uh, some of the programs that I offer. It is www.tinacufaro.com. T-I-N-A-C-U-F-A-R-O.com. I'm also on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. And if you uh, actually wanted to email me um, to have a chat, uh, I do offer. Um, 20 minute uh, complimentary discovery calls and my email is tina at tinacufaro.com this has been the calm and cozy podcast your resource for practical insomnia and bedtime anxiety solutions a huge thank you to tina for sharing her story and for the valuable work she's doing in women's mental health Thank you so much for listening. Sleep well and stay cozy.